Welcome, my friends, to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. I am the Tomb's proprietor, Headstone P. Gravely, and here I are two captive hosts, Shrey Lawson and James Hickson. Happy Holidays, Tomb Believers, on this very special December edition of the Tomb of Ideas. That's right, it's the holiday season, and, well, trapped here in the tomb as we are, we really can't get with our loved ones as we like to, and we know a lot of that's a tradition for a lot of people right now. Well, you know, normally this is the most wonderful time of the year, but, uh, and I'm sure that people listening will probably sympathize with the the isolation that we're feeling right now, the... uh, the inability to see people that we care about. Um, I miss my family. I miss my girlfriend. Yeah, I, I, I really miss my wife and kids. I, I, I just, I wish, like, even like just one of them could be here for just like a little bit. Hey, hey, what? somebody what's, what's let me sound? out of here. Hey. Is there someone in the closet? Since when do we have a closet? Hold on. I thought all these doors were sealed up last time we escaped. Hold up. Lilith? James, you... Why am I here? What is this place? Why are you dirty? Oh god, you stink! I, I stink? Oh god, we've gone nose blind. Oh dear. What, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? This is the Tomb of Ideas. I'm your stepfather, James Hickson. And this is Trey Lawson. Well, Hi. yeah, I know who you are. I just don't know where I am. The Tomb of Ideas? The podcast we do? We've been trapped here for literally years at this point. You do a podcast? You don't listen to it? Wait, you didn't wonder where the heck I was this whole time? We all thought you were just at a really long D&D game. <laughs> or pooping. Neither of those things take that long! Well, the D&D thing might. I, mm, I do need more fiber in my diet. Anyway... This is the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast, uh, where we talk every two weeks about Marvel Horror comics starting from the 1970s, including things like Tomb of Dracula, Monster of Frankenstein, Werewolf by Night, The Man-Thing, and much, much more. Headstone P. Gravely is the proprietor, and he forces us to stay here until we've read all of these comics. You know, it's all in our trailer. Sounds like he needs a girl. That might actually help things. (laughs) Yeah, a lot, actually. Wait a minute! I know what this is. You had Darcy on here. Yes, we had Darcy on the show. Darcy yes. the other girl. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Why can't you have wished her here? I'm sure she would have liked it. I mean, aren't you happy to see me and stuff? Right. Yeah. Happy. So, since you're here. Yeah, since you're here. Do you want to talk about some Marvel horror comics? It's pretty much all we're allowed to do. Um, you know, it's actually funny you're here because the issue we're talking about this week, Giant Size Chillers number one, actually introduces Dracula's daughter Lilith in it. Oh, well, then I'm perfect for the job. There we go. But first, Trey, I think you know what time it is. I think it's time for the hottest segment in comics podcasting. Hellstrom Watch. Hellstrom Watch. I had the thing. And it is a it is a light week to, uh, this time. Not a whole lot going on. 
However, production has begun for the Hawkeye series for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the Hawkeye series that everybody thought might not be happening for a while there. Right, but uh, it looks like everyone's fan casting came true because Haley Steinfeld has been filmed on the set wearing lots of purple. Right, and the expectation there is is that she's going to be playing um, Young Avenger Kate Bishop. Right, the best Hawkeye. I I mean... (laughs) I mean, I like Kate Bishop, don't get me wrong, and I love the Young Avengers, but, I mean, you're you're really going to do my boy Clint like that? I mean, I understand the MCU Clint is like, you know, diet vanilla Clint, but... Every version of Clint is a bit of a mess. The best Avenger? <laughs> Why are you oh, laughing? Wait, you're serious? Yes. Wow. Okay. Lilith, true or false? Clint Burton is the best Avenger. False. So this is the actress. Um, she was in Bumble- Bumblebee and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like who everybody was wanting to play the character. Right. And was even rumored to have joined the show at some at one point. Right. And then she's like, um, no, I haven't joined the show. But then apparently she's on the set after all. Yeah. And apparently the whole thing was a, that they were who she was who Marvel wanted the whole time, but there was a scheduling issue. But because of yep. COVID, it's no longer a no scheduling, more scheduling issue. Issues. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty much all there is to that story. Pizza Dog's there. There are some other there are some other rumors about uh casting for the show, but that's about it. Yeah, like there's a dog and he eats pizza. <laughs> Pizza I want one. Uh, other, other than that, uh, there's a new trailer for Morbius. Yep. Uh, it's for for Japanese uh, viewers. Which I have I've not, not watched, watched it yet. Because I didn't know about it until just before the show started. Right. I, I have not watched it either. However, it apparently does have some new footage that's not in the U.S. trailer. Okay. Um, but I'm not seeing anything descriptive. And then, of course, there's the big news out of technically not Marvel news, but it's the big news out of Warner Brothers uh, this past week. Right, right. So Warner Brothers is releasing their entire slate of movies for next year on HBO Max, direct to streaming. Yep. No additional charge. Nope. If you have a subscription, you'll get like a full month or so to watch it uh, on the service. Yep. And there, that's going to start. Basically, end of this month with uh, Wonder Woman 84. Yep. Which was originally supposed to come out this past summer. Yep. And now it's coming out Christmas. Right. Uh, Theaters wherever they're able to, but also on HBO Max for anyone who has a subscription. So if you're not keeping track of what the 2021 Warner Bros. slate looks like, got movies like Godzilla vs. King Kong. Dune. Dune. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's foray into the DC um, superhero verse. Yeah, uh, In the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. Oh right, In the Heights! I forgot all about In the Heights. Yeah, that's a Warner Brothers that's picture. A Warner Brothers picture. Okay, so yeah, so lots of stuff. And the the big question though is, will Disney follow Warner Brothers' lead and start putting more of their stuff on Disney Plus? <sighs> I don't know. Because, like, AMC is already not happy about Warner Brothers. Right. There was a scathing statement from AMC's well, president. Well, AMC is basically the only U.S. chain that's remained fully open. Yeah. Where they're like, listen, we agreed to Wonder Woman. We didn't agree to the rest of 2021. Right. So, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if that ends up in court, maybe. And uh, my, my 
favorite sort of Twitter joke about this was, I, I didn't see, I don't remember who said it, but basically saying, I would hate to be the Paramount executive who has to try and explain to Tom Cruise that the next Mission Impossible movie is going direct to Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> is there a Paramount+. Plus? It's what they're rebranding CBS All Access as. Really? Yep. Honestly? So CBS All Access is going to transition into being Paramount+. Plus. That is the lamest name possible. It's very derivative, yes. Yeah, it's like, what is, what is Disney called their streaming service? Um, Disney Plus, sir. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yes, gosh. So. And that's all I got. I think that's it for, for Hellstrom Watch, is uh, lots of movies coming to not theaters. Yep. Um, and like you said, we, we don't know. Maybe Disney's going to pick up this baton. We'll see Black Widow um, before it comes to... Th- if if they do one, that's the one I think they would do. I, I don't see them doing the Warner Brothers full slate. Yeah. I also don't see them doing it for free. I really hope they do. You're not ready to move, return to movie theaters yet? Oh, no. I really don't think that that's advisable. I mean, we're in the middle of a second peak. Is it Actually, it's the third peak, isn't it? Uh, depending on what part of the country you're looking at. It, it, it's, that's the weirdness of it, is some places, this is the first time they're having really big numbers. Okay. Like, like certain parts of, like, the, the Midwest and the Northwest, like, this is a first peak for them. But, but nationally, yeah, we're in, like, the third wave. Jesus. It's just that none of the waves ever fully subsided. Yeah. So it's more like you go up and plateau, and then up some more, and then plateau, and then up some more. Wow. And, and... Because podcasting is such a visual medium, I just illustrated that with my hands. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. But yeah, that, I guess that does do it for Hellstrom Watch. That means we'll be right back with our coverage of Tomb of Dracula, number 21, right after these messages. There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven as a local teen has been found dead under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because I don't blink, so. Oh my God. The monstrous. (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. (laughs) Or a social media influencer. Can he please just take his shirt off because that's, he's got lunch on his shirt. Your safety is not guaranteed. So that is a complete failure. (laughs) Shit, what happens to my car? In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. He's a 
man obsessed with having the perfect family. I'll do anything I can do to keep my family together. But his obsession hides a deadly secret. You never talk about your past. We don't have a single lead. The guy is smart. We won't have anything to go on unless he does it again. All we need is a horror here. Shelley Hack and Terry O'Quinn. You're a very bad girl. In a thrilling tale of suspense, The Stepfather. Tuesday at 8 on KST Washington. Welcome back to Tomb of Ideas. Our first book for today is Tomb of Dracula number 21, Death Knell. The cover date is June 1974. Writer is Marv Wolfman. Artist is Gene Colan. Inks by Tom Palmer. Letterer is John Costanza. Colorist is Tom Palmer. And the editor is Roy Thomas. As we saw last issue, Dracula, Frank Drake, and Rachel Van Helsing are all prisoners of the mysterious brain-in-a-jar Dr. Sun and his pet vampire, Lucas Brand. Brand tells the origin of Dr. Sun to his captive audience as they futilely struggle against the paralysis ray. In the mid-1960s, Sun was a prisoner during the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Formerly a researcher for Project Mind, the general he answered to turned on him, forcing Sun to be a test subject. Without anesthetic, Sun is operated on by his own child. Dr. Sun's brain was removed and placed into an antimatter receptacle. Their goal, to use the computers that Sun is plugged into to drain all the knowledge and secrets he kept to himself. However, Sun destroys them all because his brain gained total control of the computers, giving him, as he says, absolute power. Back in the present, Dr. Sun interrupts Brand's tale, telling him to feed on Rachel. Brand moves toward the captives, but is surprised to find that Dracula has been set free by Sun as Brand's final test. The vampires do battle, and amazingly, Brand gains the upper hand and drives a stake through Dracula's chest. Meanwhile, in London, Quincy Harker tries to persuade Blade to stay and fight alongside the other vampire hunters. Blade dismisses their methods as too cautious, and with his newfound immunity to vampire bites, strikes off on his own to hunt the vampire that killed his mother. In Dr. Sun's lab, Dracula awakens strapped to a machine, the wooden stake in his chest having been removed. Dr. Sun reveals his existence is not unlike that of a vampire, for the machinery that sustains him requires a constant supply of human blood. This secret is what fueled his research into vampirism and his need for vampire underlings who could provide the blood he needs. Thus, he groomed Brand, training him to use his powers, but also conditioning him to be an obedient servant. Now, Sun intends to scan Dracula's brain and transfer all of his thoughts and knowledge to Brand, making the newborn vampire every bit his equal. They activate the machine, beginning a process that will make Brand into a new Lord of the Undead, but as a puppet to be controlled fully by Dr. Sun. The transference complete, Brand and Dracula begin their rematch, this time to determine who will be the true Lord of Vampires. While Brand has all of Dracula's knowledge, he lacks the elder vampire's experience and cunning. Dracula evades Brand and feeds on one of Sun's servants to regain his strength. The duel continues, but Sun quickly concedes that Brand will likely lose the fight. As a further distraction, Sun frees Frank and Rachel, giving them access to their weapons. However, rather than jumping into the fray, the two hunters hang back to watch the fight unfold. Brand once again knocks Dracula back into an explosive fire. He turns on the vampire hunters and disarms them. However, rather than killing them, 
Brand then turns his attention to Dr. Sun. With Dracula's knowledge, Brand also received Dracula's ambition and arrogance. Unsatisfied with being Dr. Sun's puppet, he tries to destroy Dr. Sun. However, the Doctor reveals that he too absorbed Dracula's knowledge and anticipated such a betrayal. He incinerates Brand, leaving only ashes, and having set his Transylvanian base to self-destruct, teleports himself to another of his many bases. Frank and Rachel escape back through the cave to their helicopter, believing Dracula to be dead. However, soon after, a mist rises from the flames and takes the form of a bat, which quickly flies out of the cave behind them. So, yeah. My first observation about this issue is that the coloring is terrible. It's real bad. Like, real bad. This might be some of the worst coloring we've seen ever on this show. Like, I, I was worried it was, like, just my copy. So I looked at, like, one of the, one of the reprints of it, and even the reprint, the colors mm -hmm. are super muddy. Uh, yep. Apparently, uh, like... And it's also racist as hell. Well, I was going to get there, yeah. Um, th like, the colors on this one is Tom Palmer, and every Asian person you see in this comic is bright yellow. Yeah. Like... Bright... Like, like, like if you remember either the comic or the movie... Sin City, that yellow bastard. Oh. Like, they're that shade of yellow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and he had jaundice, so, you know, that was... <laughs> at least made some sense for him. So, really, really unfortunate coloring here. It's not good. And even even setting that aside, just the coloring of, like, other characters and backgrounds and things is just not good. It, it's a bit unfortunate. It, it's overwritten, uh, Marv Wolfman is just getting really, really into the narrative dialogue here, or like mm -hmm. the narration boxes here. Yeah. Oh, I thought the coloring was absolutely awful. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a seasick rat. A seasick rat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. Again, it, this is still going back to the coloring because I this could be Colin's fault a little bit too. Okay. If he didn't provide any details to color, but. One of my least favorite things in comics is when, like, you'll have a whole page and there's no background details in any of the panels. Oh, yeah. The, it's the John Byrne effect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there are pa there are whole pages here where each background is just a different color. Just a solid color. Yeah. And it's just... Uh, it's overwritten. It's just... I don't... Both, both in terms of dialogue and in terms of caption boxes. Yeah, I'm just like... Oh, speaking of the caption boxes, I don't know how you're <laughs> supposed to get, like, Dracula's whole monologue out of him laughing for five seconds, but that definitely happened. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, that's a yeah. panel on, I think... Page three or four. Three or four? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, like, he has two panels where you're just supposed to in infer all of this from him laughing. Yeah, and it happens again on a later panel, too. Yeah. Um, suddenly the chamber is filled with yet another sound, the bone-chilling peal of laughter from one who is already dead. Laughter which comes not from humor, but from irony. And it is a laughter which cries, Yes, I may be your unwilling captive, Dr. Sun, but never, never shall Dracula be anyone's prisoner. And... That is just a picture of Dracula laughing. Yes, followed by a close-up of a brain in a jar. Yes. Oh, but it gets better, because they do the same part again on page 22. Yes, they do. 
Where's Dracula stuck in the mind transfer machine? Says every nerve impulse seems to shatter, every synapse seems to collapse in pain racked fury, but Dracula swallows the agony in silence. Instead, he forces himself to think, to remember who he is, what he is, and above all, why he is. I was killed on the battlefield of Transylvania, he remembers. I died only to be reborn by the bite of a gypsy vampire. Before my death, I was a warrior and a ruler, and in both I was fierce, unrelenting, and unforgiving. My wives were many, but only one did I ever love. My children were but two, but only one did I ever truly know. Compassion is unknown to me. It is something I can no longer afford. Compassion breeds weakness, and I must never be weak again. I am Dracula, the Lord of Evil Gasps. I am Dracula, and for all the heritage before me, I must never be anything less. All from a single panel. Did Chris Claremont break into the office and rewrite this comic? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a couple of thoughts on, on that. Okay. One, maybe Wolfman was just off he had his weenies that he morning? Had to get in. Well, he, he had to get in two Dracula books this month. Yes. He did. And on top of that, he's also over, like, all of the magazines. Yep. Which he not not so subtly complains about in the next issue we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, I, I get the impression he doesn't like that job. No. Um, but it's just... It's overwritten. It's super muddy. Yeah. It's a bit racist. Speaking of yes. racist... Okay. So they use the G-slur all up in there. It's in there, like, 20 different times. And I know it was... A different time, but I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh. Yeah, um, that happens a lot in comics this time, because again, it was not thought to be a bad word. When does this share song, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, come out? Yeah, but that's that's something that it, it's especially unfortunate in uh, the Dracula stories set further in the past. <laughs> I bet. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's. It's something we've noted before and, and is always unfortunate. Yeah. But... No. Well, I, I do think we should at least touch on, uh, for like a minute, you know, Blade shows up just to leave again. Yes. And now he realizes he's immune to vampire bites. So this is a new power for him. Right. Yep. Yep. A new power. That he's apparently already always had. Yes. He just never got bit, so he didn't know. Because last time we saw him, he was just passed out on a cave floor with a vent with a bite in his neck uh we'd seen him once since then i think have we quince he and quincy had talked about it okay like quincy had hypothesized that that he might have an immunity wow i don't remember that but i i trust you so it's been a while it was like again it as with this issue it was like a one or two page cutaway in the middle of a story about something completely different <laughs> that makes sense but yeah and, and the other thing is it it feels like it's to, to pad out the pages or, or, or whatever, but there's no reason for Bran to have to fight Dracula twice in this comic. Like, that could have all been one fight. Yeah, and Bran with his weird porn stash. Oh god, <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I thought Dra also... Dracula's mustache is bad, but no, Bran's is worse. And the way yeah. they tried to make yeah. him, like, hip and cool. Was he was just... originally a biker. In his first appearance, he was a biker. Yeah, he was a biker. He was he a biker, dude. He does not sound like a biker. But, <laughs> no, and at some point, he traded his leather jacket for, like... Turtlenecks. A fuchsia turtleneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, bikers are a big trend in comics at this point, for some reason. Um, not sure why. Yep. 
Um, Virtually every title that we've covered has done at least one biker issue. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Some more than once. See Werewolf by Night. Yeah, well, I mean, Ghost Rider is one big biker comic. So. True. Oh, wow. I forgot we cover Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, that'll change. <laughs> uh, let let the uh, the angry tweets from the Ghost Rider podcast commence. <laughs> Someone's got to keep them on their toes. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's really all I got here, is I had higher hopes for this issue because I do enjoy an evil brain in a jar. Yeah. But this was bad. This I think this is the worst issue of Dracula we've had. Oh, this is definitely the worst issue of Dracula we've ever had. Like, usually Marv Wolfman's stuff is on point, but here it just... Even when they're coasting, it's yeah. above average. Yeah, our, our, our default mode has been, guys, it's, it, it's, it's too much Dracula, you know it's good... It's, we just don't have much to say about it. It's just good. But here, it's like... Yeah, no, we... No, it isn't. We got stuff to say, but it's not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the rare stinker from um, Mr. Wolfman here. Um, but... Yeah. He does get another try, because up next on this episode, we'll be talking about Giant Size Chillers, number one, featuring the curse of Dracula, right after these messages. It was the early 1990s, the Dark Ages. The Transformers toy line was over, finished. Without toys in the shelves to advertise, the comic book series created to sell them was likewise canceled after an 80-issue run. Then, the impossible happened. I didn't believe you. I thought you were lying to me. Transformers were back in toy stores, and perhaps even more importantly, Transformers were back on the comic book shelves as well. But this run of Transformers comic proved to be somewhat different than what we'd seen before. I can implode neutrons! All of a sudden, the battle between the Autobots and Decepticons threatened to have real consequences. That was a low-yield neutron implosion! That was also the precise location of our transport! And brawn! Exploding off of the comic book pages with darker, grittier storylines and vibrant, some might even say neon colors. The, the very first thing I noticed was a very 90s art style. Truly, this was not your father's Autobot. Not Your Father's Autobot is a 13-episode, limited-run podcast beginning in early 2021. Join me, Mark Baker-Wright, also known as GB Blackrock, and my brother, Nick Wright, as we go through the entire Marvel US run of Transformers Generation 2, issue by issue, as we look at the series that brought Transformers back from oblivion. After this series, Transformers will never be the same. Look for Not Your Father's Autobot on Podbeam via blackrockstoybox.blogspot.com or wherever podcasts may be found. Spengooly. You know, my guests are dying to meet you. Everyone's dying to meet Dracula's daughter. Two little punctures near the jugular vein. On the next Spengooly. Well, there's nothing funny about it. Saturday night at 10, 9 central on MeTV. Curse of Dracula, Night of the She-Demon. Writer is Marv Wolfman. Artist, Gene Colan. Inker, Frank Schiramonte. Editor, Roy Thomas. In the halls of Parliament, Lord Henry dismissed his secretary for the night 
As he enters his office for a secret private meeting with his master, Dracula, the Lord of the Vampires. Having survived the encounter with Dr. Sun and Brand in the issue we just covered, he's now seeking diplomatic immunity to place him out of the reach of the law. Lord Henry tells the Lord of the Vampires that this will be no problem, and also confirms that he has found a castle for Dracula, Castle Dunwick, currently the home of a Sheila Whittier. Elsewhere, a father strikes his pregnant daughter, Angel O'Hara, enraged by the news of her pending motherhood and secret marriage to her beau, Hannigan. The man disowns his daughter and throws the boyfriend against a wall, killing the young man with an accidental blow on the head. Nearby, a mist rises from a cold grave and comes to envelop Angel as she grieves over her slain husband. The young woman is transformed into a raven-haired beauty in a flowing cape. The beauty, Lilith, the daughter of Dracula, feeds on the father before transforming into a bat and taking to the night sky to seek vengeance on the man who killed her, Quincy Harker. She tricks her way into Harker's home by once again taking the form of Angel O'Hara and fabricating a story of a dying father and faltering automobile. Inside, however, she reveals her true self and feeds on Harker. At Castle Dunwick, Sheila Whittier is awakened by noises in the night, thinking it to be the unseen voices that have tormented and tortured her these last few nights. Instead, she is confronted by the smiling face of Dracula. The vampire, for some reason, takes pity on the tormented woman, comforting her and promising to return by taking wing. As he exits the castle, he is met by the bat form of Lilith, following his offspring to a nighttime rugby match where they have a rather toxic family reunion and a recap of Lilith's origin. She was the offspring of Dracula's first marriage, an arranged, loveless union. Dracula's wife and daughter are cast out after the death of Dracula's father, and the distraught woman places the girl in the care of a nearby Roma tribe before killing herself. When Dracula, now a vampire, starts to take vengeance on all Romani for the Romani woman that transformed him into a vampire, the old woman who has taken in Lilith decides to take vengeance on the Count by transforming his forgotten first child into a vampire as well. Yet, she is unlike other vampires, as the magics of the Roma allow her to walk in daylight and promises that as long as Dracula lives, so shall she. Unimpressed by a story he has heard already, and uninterested in familial attachments, Dracula returns to Castle Dunwick just in time to rescue Sheila from a tumble over a balcony. An investigation upstairs reveals Sheila's mysterious tormentor to seemingly be Lord Henry, who has broken from Dracula's control and kills himself after a brief scuffle with the vampire lord. So, this was a big improvement over the previous comic. I would agree with that. It's still a strange story, like in terms of pacing and, and some other things we can get to, but, but I think it's a, a more entertaining story overall. Okay, so here's my theory on that. This is called, this is Giant Size Chillers number one. Uh, next issue, right. this will become Giant Size Dracula. Right. I think this started life as a normal issue of Tomb of Dracula. And then mm. when they told them, hey, we need a story for giant-sized Dracula, Marv Wolfman um, shoehorned in all this stuff about Lilith to have something interesting to put on the cover, i.e. Lilith. And that's why 
it doesn't really touch upon any of the stuff that's happening with Dracula. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the whole thing about Dunwick Castle has nothing to do with nothing to do with Lilith at all. Yeah, and sort of came out of nowhere, right? Because apparently he's decided that he needs a castle in in England, right? Well, and even so, so following the events of the previous issue, mm-hmm. Dracula has is seeking diplomatic immunity, but like none of his problems over the last however many issues have had anything to do with the law. No, like if anything, he should like get Scotland Yard to investigate Doctor Sun. Right. That would seem right. like it'd be more proactive on his part. Right. As far as the co- like, constabulary goes, he has had no problems dealing with them in the past. No, not that they haven't come after him, but that he has no problem dispatching them. No. I mean, he still probably won't. I <laughs> really don't think that he needs the diplomatic immunity. I know yeah. it was probably just a tie into the castle, but, like, why the castle? Yeah, like, Quincy Harker and Frank Drake and Rachel and Helsing aren't going to give a shit about the diplomatic immunity. Right, right. <laughs> no, seeing as they, like, cross into other countries to go after him all the time. Yeah, it's it's going to be Lethal Weapon 2 up in this, you know. Diplomatic immunity! It's just been revoked. I was also a little thrown off by the resident of the castle, yeah. who's sort of an odd character. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lilith, being a young lady yourself, what is your opinion <laughs> of Miss um, Witter? Helpless? I, I I didn't know why she was there in the first place, living by herself in a castle alone, when she's been tormented by these things for the past two weeks. Yeah, like, which apparently have been lashing her. Yeah, like you right? see this one panel and it's all welts down her back. It's and like, it, what? And apparently the castle wants her dead. The, like Dracula and she don't realize this in the comic itself, but the narration seems to imply that the castle wants her dead. Yeah, peppered through this issue are just comments like, The castle sighs. <laughs> the castle waits. The castle wonders. Like... What? <laughs> Wolfman was on some good stuff this month. Because be- between between that and like the laugh communicating a whole monologue, like yeah. he had his Wheaties. He ate his Wheaties that morning. <laughs> <laughs> he shared some of Gerber's stuff. <laughs> Just oh, and like she immediately falls in love with Dracula. That was the thing I was going to talk about next because. Why? She says that he's her next suitor? Like, it's been two seconds? Yeah, like, okay, like, she she, she thinks she's finally going to confront the person who's been torturing her, and she finds a man, a pale man in a freaking cloak, standing outside her bedroom door, and she falls into his arms. And it's just like, yep. Why? You, you don't think this is the person tormenting you? Something in his kind face makes you think that, no, he can't possibly be the one to bring to you? Dracula doesn't have a kind face. No. Never has in any of the flashback stories we've gotten. (laughs) We get flashbacks in this issue where he is a terrible person. (laughs) Which is one of the reasons why it's so confusing that he's such a gentleman to her. Which, like, he's a jerk to his own daughter. The previous issue, he was trying to kill everybody. I think I figured it out. 
I think it, I think I figured out. Um, Dracula is a gentleman when he wants to get tail. <laughs> I thought he went there with the intention to kill her. He did, but something did. about her made him reconsider it, and instead, he now thinks he's in love. Which he's being nice because he wants to get laid. So, um, Dracula is basically the dude in, fedo- in the fedora. R slash incel. <laughs> yes. Dracula is an incel. And for, like, a split second, I thought at the end, okay, well, Dracula has just been playing the long game here. He suspected that Lord Henry was behind all of this and was letting it all play out to catch him in the act. Right. But no, Dracula's just as surprised at the end. <laughs> yeah, like, he, and again, he says in there, and maybe now I've found another woman to love. And I'm just like... You met her for a few minutes and she offered you coffee. Yes. Right. I often fall in love with baristas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, like, and have my heart broken immediately. But, uh, it's just... And uh, they do the the gag here. I don't drink coffee. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. But, But then there's, like the whole other half of the issue, which is really a completely different story, and that's introducing a brand new character to our sort of Dracula ensemble, and that's Lilith. So what do we think of Lilith as a character? What do you think of your name's sake, dear? Underdeveloped. Underdeveloped? Underdeveloped. Okay. As a character. Yeah, I'm getting shades of the introduction of Satana, who was similarly sort of underdeveloped. But Satana had a cool thing with the butterflies. Right. Like, sure, her personality isn't much there, but her aesthetic is on point. Like, Yes. And, and I, I like Lilith's look, but it's very much what if we gave Dracula... Like, what if we feminized Dracula's outfit? Why does she have a tiara? Hey, tiaras are cool, okay? Because because she wants to, like, be co-ruler of the vampires. True, she's the queen of the undead. Also, if you look, the tiara is in the shape of a bat. Oh. I missed that. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of like that that weird, like, pseudo-Scarlet Witch thing. Yeah, I mean, it sort of gives that... Uh, I think part of it is just to make her silhouette more interesting. To make her look like a Gundam? <laughs> but, but also, I think it's meant to evoke a bat. Um, okay. I do really yeah. like that she doesn't have a dead soul. Like, she has her stole... Up soul, and she can walk in the day, and like she doesn't die until her dad dies. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she's definitely more powerful than the vampires we've met up to this point. No, uh, yeah, she is, and um, she's even more powerful than Blade is at this point. Yeah, well, that's the. I, I was thinking about that. That really, in a lot of ways, her powers are closer to sort of the modern version of Blade than what we've been reading in these comics. Yeah, it's. She's Marvel's original Daywalker. Yeah, she's the first Daywalker we've met so far. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. Wolfman talks about trying to, like, make Dracula's chronology less convoluted and sort of iron out the wrinkles in the timeline. But I feel like in the flashbacks in this issue, he, like, added complications to a timeline that already existed. Oh, are we talking about this now? Okay. There, yeah, there's a, there's an entire text piece at the end, just after the Lilith story, which is all about Marv Wolfman talking about how he's going to fix the continuity of Dracula. 
basically. But he's making it more complicated right here as we read. Yes. But I find it interesting because he even references the dubious competition in his in his text piece. And of course, it's going to be what 13 years after this, he's going to be asked by DC, the dubious competition, to fix their continuity with Crisis on Infinite Earths, which yes. some would argue he made their continuity worse. <laughs> At least more complicated. Yeah. Arguably. Yes. By having to fit everything into one timeline. Yes. Like, honestly, there is nothing complicated about saying, okay, guys, this is on a different Earth. You're good now? Excellent. Then it's like, well, Superman is the first of the superheroes of the modern age, and, uh, uh, and Batman, he's only been around for such and such amount of years, and wait, no, that, that that's the Dio. But anyway, <laughs> it's just... Right, right. I mean, love Crisis on Infinite Earths, love Marvel Wolfman, but, ooh, you're not doing yourself any favors here. <laughs> and and I, I do feel like his saying that it would that it would be taking the easy way out to label the magazine stories as non-canon, uh, that, that feels like a bit of a dig at, at DC's imaginary stories. And yet... I don't see why that would be a problem. I mean, a few years from now, we're going to start getting what if from right. from Marvel. Well, and even he he talks about Roy Thomas's Dracula adaptation as though it's in canon with Marvel's Dracula, even though, as we've talked about, even the art in that book, it is clearly not the same Dracula no. as the other stories. No, it's Franklin Jello's Dracula. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Um, but but all of that to say, just the the I was thinking especially about the flashback to the 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 Lilith origin, like introducing a whole other family for Dracula besides what we knew from the Dracula Lives stories. Like that is a weird complication to introduce. Yes, and I, for a minute I was like, wait, is this after he becomes a vampire? Wait, right? No, it has to be before he becomes a vampire. So he had a wife, bef- wife before. They're texting about me, Trey. Uh, and at that point, he was a horrible, cruel person, clearly. Yes. But then he is learning to be the horrible, cruel person in the Dracula Lives story that takes place after. Right. Like, we're told, he though he is a, though he is a heartless general on the battlefield, he is a caring family man at home. Right. In, but in, clearly not. In the first, yeah, in the first Dracula Lives. But here we're saying, right. loving family man who threw out his first wife and child. Onto the streets. Right. Not even a street. There are no streets now. It is threw them out. And okay, so let's talk about the Roma, the Romani here. Yes. So Dracula takes vengeance on the Romani yes. because the woman who transformed him into a vampire is herself Romani. Was one of them. However, in that ish, in Dracula lives, we see him leaving his child with Romani, the the son, who, yes. the son who lived. Right. Which have we seen? What happens to the son? Not yet, no. Okay. So he's taking vengeance on the Romani, except for that tribe he left the child with. I guess. I Like I say, it's they overcomplicated it. <laughs> it's just... It's... <laughs> I, I will say, going, going back to, to Lilith more specifically, I like this idea that she somehow possesses and transforms. Like, like she acts through the body of, like... A woman who has been wronged in some way. A woman who hates her father specifically. Right, right. Yeah. Like, that that's a cool twist that's not your average vampire concept. No. It really is. 
It's it's interesting. I, I kind of worry about Angel O'Hara there, though. For one thing, she was right. pregnant when she gets transformed. What happens to the baby I, in that situation? I was wondering about that. Like, I was wondering about that. Is Lilith pregnant now? Like, it, it, it it's, it's worrisome. Right. Or or did did she fully, like, consume the the being of, of like, maybe there is no more angel? Except she appears as angel again later in the book. Right. Right. But is that illusion? Is that actual, like, change? I, I don't know. Yeah, that could totally just it, be, like, mimicry. Yeah. It, it, I don't think they've fully fleshed out all of what makes Lilith different from other vampires, but there are some, but there's some suggestions of really cool distinctions. Yeah, she's cool. That they could do some fun stories with. But I also feel like her main appeal right now seems to be the fact that she is Dracula's daughter. Yes, that seems to be her big selling point right now. Whereas, you know, I don't know. Is she more interesting than Sat- Satana? Is Satana more interesting? I don't think we've got the. I don't think we've gotten enough Satana to know for sure. True. Is the thing. It just... Like, they, they introduced her and then just sort of abandoned her for a while. Like, I know in my head I get the two confused a lot, but that might just be me. Well, and the the tiara has some similarity to the, like, Satana's hair doing the devil horns thing. Yeah. Like, the silhouettes are similar. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting, because I guess Lilith's going to be showing up... Oh, yeah, that's Satana. Lily just looked up Satana. It's hot. <laughs> Oh, look up Satana first <laughs> appearance. Because, yeah. like, her outfit is even more revealing. <laughs> She's just <laughs> tap, tapping away over here. Is that... Yeah, like, it's funny. Like, like I always kind of... I always kind of knew Lilith was a thing in, in, in Marvel. Like, I knew she existed, but, like... Okay, I have a question. She's not a character... Yeah. I have a question. Is the Lilith that we see here the same Lilith who is the Ghost Rider villain later? Oh... Because that's the Lilith I'm aware of, and oh. because of Marvel trading cards. Right, right, and that's that's like like '90s Ghost Rider, right? '90s like Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch, yeah, which completely huh. different look. Different look, yes. Um, so, um, Ghost Rider podcast, what? Take a break from uh, you know, patreoning us real quick and tell <laughs> us: Is the Lilith from Ghost Rider Danny Ketch comics is she Dracula's daughter? Or- so this is not a definitive answer, but. In the Marvel fandom wiki, if you go to Lilith's appearances, it lists all of the Dracula stuff and the Ghost Rider stuff. Okay. Um, and then she also later appeared in uh, Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Okay. Which is also a monster So book. Wikipedia says Lilith is the name Different of characters? two fictional characters appearing in American comics published Marvel Comics. The first uh, two to appear was Lilith, the daughter of Dracula. The second is a demon sorceress known as the Mother of All Demons. She first yeah, appeared in Ghost yeah. Rider Volume 2, Issue 28. Yeah, so we have dueling wikis. I'm inclined to agree with the Wikipedia version, because I think they're distinct enough in both concept and appearance. Yes. So which begs the question, Lilith, which one are you? Oh, of course <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, the first one. You're, you're, you're the daughter of Dracula. 100%. Okay. I like her design so much better, and like her characters, I like it. I'm good. I to hear it. It'll be interesting to see Lilith appear again. I'm assuming she's going to yeah. show up. Is she going to show up in Giant Size Dracula? Let me get back to the appearances list. Uh, so her next appearance appears to be Tomb of Dracula 23. Okay, so the the issue after next. Yeah, she's going to be all over the place. 
So, Tomb of Dracula. Uh, she's going to hop over to Vampire Tales for a little bit. She's going to hop over to Dracula Lives for a little bit. There's a random issue of Marvel Preview that I think is her first solo appearance. Okay, wow. So that's a lot of comics to cover. Speaking yeah. of a lot of comics to cover, Trey, there's a little missive here at the end of this Marv Wolfman text piece, which has me a bit yes. worried. Oh, is this about how we're suddenly getting a whole bunch of new titles? A whole bunch of new titles we have to cover on the show. Yeah. Not just titles. Giant-sized titles. We we are in the giant-sized era of Marvel Comics. God help us. Did you bring Tylenol? Uh, and so this is the first, technically. Uh, giant-sized chillers will become, with the next issue, giant-sized Dracula. Next month, we've got giant-sized creatures. Featuring Werewolf by Night. Which, which features Werewolf. That's going to become giant-sized Werewolf. But also, apparently Jack Russell's going to meet Tigra. Yes. Who so, was the cat. Not, yes, not Cat Grant's first appearance. No. But Tigra's first appearance. Tigra's first appearance. Which means we have to cover and, Tigra on this show. Yeah. Because yeah. if we're going to cover Moon Knight... You know what? What? This just hit me. Of course. The planet of the cat people. What? James. Werewolf by Night. The planet of the cat people. What a, What planet? Wait, the one that Morbius is on? Oh, is, is that Morbius? It's Morbius. Yeah, you're right. That is Morbius. Yeah, I, I did that cover huh. trade. It's Morbius. <laughs> oh, I'm... It is... We've done so many comics. With so many comics. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, uh, in addition to that, the after Giant Size Werewolf was introduced, they are immediately introducing another Giant Size book the next month with Giant Size Man Thing. Maybe the best title in hey, the history of hey, comic books. My daughter's right here, Trey. <laughs> Jeez, Jesus Christ! You, you can't just be going on about Giant Size Man Things. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, we've got a lot of giant sized comics coming our way. Um, it's alongside the regular sized comics. Regular, yeah. Although, let's be fair, the giant sized comics are often not giant sized. They are a regular style story and then a bunch of reprints. Yeah, no, we're in, and in this issue there are some reprints we are not talking about at all. No, including one for really goofy looking vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but. It's weird. I'm glad we talked about uh, Giant Size Chillers this episode, one, so that Lilith could be here, but but also, it's nice to have at least one good Dracula story in the episode. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, uh, yeah. And, and actually, we are going to continue talking about Dracula in our next episode. Are we? Because next time... We are talking about Giant Size Superheroes number one, featuring Spider-Man, Dracula, and Man-Wolf. No. And, huh? No. No? It's Spider-Man, Morbius, and Man-Wolf. Oh. <laughs> Strike that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's still all going in. <sighs> yeah, we'll be, next time on the show, we'll be talking about Giant Size Superheroes number one, featuring, uh, oh, wow, that's my fault. Because this, the, see, see, the, li- see? the list, the list does have Dracula there, but no, it's Morbius featuring Spider. Doesn't it? Spider Man. I copied that directly from your list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so all bad things can be traced back to me. I understand. <laughs> uh, so we'll be talking about giant sized superheroes number one featuring Spider Man, Morbius, and Man Wolf. Woohoo, Man Wolf! I do enjoy Man Wolf. And supernatural thrillers number seven featuring the Living Mummy. Who we have not seen in a really long time. We have not seen. We've, it's been like 
six months since we covered Living Mummy yeah. on the show. It's crazy. But Lilith, I guess that means you'll be joining us for that if episode. That's great. Wait. Yeah. You're fit. Lilith? Wait, where, where are you going? Uh, uh. Uh, she's fading. God damn it. I hate it when our special guest hosts fade away on us. I know. It happens so often. Every time, it seems like. Just like, ugh. Well, um, maybe we'll get some other guest hosts to appear on the show for that episode. Who knows? Right. Maybe maybe someone from my family. If you're a member of Trey's family that would like to reach out to him, you can always reach out to us at tombofideas at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at tombofideas. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash tombofideas. And Trey, if you could stop crying long enough to tell them about the wonderful people at Cinepunks, that'd be fantastic. Sure. <laughs> um, we are proud members of the Cinepunks podcasting group. That means that you will find this show and our entire back catalog at Cinepunks.com. That's Cinepunks with an X. You'll also find other great shows there, such as Black Sun Dispatches, Horror Business, Cinema Sporgas Board, and much, much more. In addition, they have some great articles and and uh, sort of featured prose pieces, reviews, discussions about movies, music, all kinds of stuff. So check out Cinepunks.com. Right. And until next time, Tomb Believers, good night. Bye. Merry Christmas. Wait, no, it's not Christmas yet. Next episode is Christmas. Don't have a Merry <laughs> Christmas till right now. Crap. Crap. Good night. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. Until next time, Tombers, Excelsior! This is the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. I'm your stepfather, Trey, and this is... What? Sorry, wait, no, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got some some rhymes for you, Trey. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is something that would have required paperwork that I I was definitely not party to. I, I learned to forge your signature. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many credit cards. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That I'll leave all in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you're not going to edit anything. You're just going to just copy and paste the whole thing into the... <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Less work just, for just me. Add, add the intro and the outro and you're done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there have been weeks when I have contemplated that. <laughs>